0: Log talk radio hi everybody welcome to ann orley's weekly weather i'm back at the bright red desk so you shouldn't have any audio issues today because i'm broadcasting from the home phone at the bright red desk in new york this is my weekly weather every week we talk about the weather in the heavens above and how it's going to show up on earth and this is the show for september 8th 2019 uh and so we have in the sky if you if you pull up your go on to a software program and you pull it up you'll see this enormous mystic rectangle in the heavens uh mystic rectangles and you know and I will I will add cuz somebody wrote oh you know it's not a mystic rectangle it's, you know there's nothing at the cancer point uh and I am an astrologer that believes nodes are as important as planets so there's a node there But if you're a person who goes, no, no, nodes don't count, I get it because they're an imaginary point where the sun and the moon meet. But they're really important. (laughs) And all of us who have lived through eclipses know, yeah, yeah, those nodes are important, man. They're big. So this mystic rectangle runs from the north node at 15 Cancer, which either you like or you don't. And if you don't, that's okay, you know. But I like mystic rectangles, so I'm going to go with it. And then there's a stellium in Virgo. We have five planets still hanging out in Virgo, Juno, Mars, Sun, Mercury, and Venus, right? And this week, Mercury and Venus shift out of Virgo into Libra, where Venus gets happier, and Mercury gets more, you know, uh, nice in the way he communicates. He's a little more polite than he is when he's in Virgo. Virgo, he just tells you like it is. But when he goes into Libra, he kind of thinks about how you're going to feel about it. And because Venus is in Libra, she's going to say, no, Mercury, don't say anything to hurt their feelings. So the world gets a little kinder on Saturday uh, when these two guys shift signs. But there are five planets in Virgo, right? And so this week, you know, we've been watching the hammer of Thor get set off, boom, 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 as Venus went through it, Mercury went through it, the sun went through it, Mars went through it, and Juno went through it. Uh, th- Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right um, we 'll talk about that so that 's one of the legs of the mystic rectangle. Then the other leg is we go over to the Capricorn planets where we have Saturn, the south nude, south nude, South Node, the moon, and Pluto, right so they make up another leg, and then we zip over to uh, Neptune, where we have Neptune at seventeen, and we also have Lilith the goddess of he who will not, she who will not be subservient, right? And so they make up the four points of the mystic rectangle. Now, mystic rectangles can be earth and water or air and fire. Sometimes they're mixed, but basically think earth and water, air and fire. So earth and water, things like to make stuff manifest. They like to make things happen in the world. Air and fire, mystic rectangles tend to be a little more visionary, so they have a little more uh, pushing you to see what you can do, but this is a physical one. It wants to do stuff, and if you've been paying attention, you're kind of in the mood to clean. You're kind of in the mood to throw away stuff. You're kind of in the mood to get organized. And of course, we you know we blame it on Virgo. You know that yeah you know it's time to get back to work. It's time to do, but but the energy of course with the Mystic Rectangle, the choices that we're making are pretty faded. F-A-T-E-D now this amplifies the fate because the nodes of fate are in this particular mystic rectangle on top of everything else but we watch this and this mystic rectangle is a slow mover because we've got all the Virgo planets kind of going through it and you know they're they're going to form that moving leg of course the Neptune and the Saturn Pluto are kind of been together you know they've been hanging out together but the um, the Virgo planets taking up that other leg kind of really amps stuff up and this week of course venus and neptune went past the opposition or venus and mercury went past the opposition to neptune the week ahead the sun and mars go past the opposition to neptune and then in a week or so juno will go past the opposition to neptune so what's happening is we're seeing things clearly because whenever the planets get past Neptune, the veil is revealed. You see stuff you hadn't seen before. You have kind of an aha moment where you're looking at stuff and you're going, wow, I, ha- I hadn't noticed that before. Or, you know, I always suspected. And now it's been revealed, right? So last week, I, I like watching these hammers of Thor smite things. And um, last week as Juno, which is the planet of partnering Went whipping through the uh, hammer of Thor, which is formed by the Saturn by the Pluto, Eris square. The business end of the hammer is Virgo. Um, the uh, Jeffrey Epstein. There was a Ronan Farrow who, I adore. <laughs> I just want to say right now, I adore Ronan Farrow. Um, he wrote an article about uh, Epstein's contribution to MIT uh, lab. And the guy who ran the lab, who partnered, quote-unquote, Juno's About Partnership, with Jeffrey, but hit it. You know, he called him VP, or he voted in JE, or he told everybody, don't tell anybody we're getting money from this guy, because Jeffrey was on the do not accept donations list. So Juno went through the hammer of Thor and swung the hammer and smited this guy out of a job. So Ronan's article appeared Friday. Saturday morning, the guy resigned. And, of course, they had emails. Mercury. They had a woman who was a bit of a whistleblower, Venus. Those two people stepped forward and were identified with the opposition to Neptune that they came forward and said, hey, this is what's going on. And now this week, as the sun and Mars go by there, by the Neptune, we're going to have reveals around the sun and we're going to have reveals around Mars. Always fun. (laughs) And remember, when anything dances with Neptune, it says, well, there was a veil there, but it's kind of like in The Wizard of Oz when Toto runs over and pulls back the curtain, and the wizard says, ignore the man behind the curtain, ignore the man behind the curtain. And, of course, Dorothy and her friends walk over, and they go, and as he finishes going, the great and powerful Wizard of Oz. And then he turns to them, and they're like, you're the wizard, you know? that's what that's what planets opposite neptune do they go you're the wizard you know we thought you were getting all this money you were getting all this money from anonymous donor right but you were getting it from a guy you're not supposed to get money from so you know again you know you can weigh the politics of it but the juno you know, swinging the hammer revealed stuff so now we have the sun mars stepping forward and of course this week you know i'm I'm really paying attention to the Epstein trial because his chart is so active still, right? Um, The Epstein situation. One of the things that happened, one of the guys, one of the John Does, wrote to the judge and said, please don't release our names. Please don't say who was hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. It would be very bad for our careers. So I'm kind of like, all right, let's see what this judge does. He seems to be a pretty tough judge. So the sun and the Mars, we may have some... More stuff revealed because this hammer of Thor that's swinging in the sky, remember Eris, the goddess of discord, is squaring Pluto, abuse of power. And it's saying, yeah, you can abuse power, but you know the Virgos are coming forward and talking about it. The Virgo energy, the people who served, who work behind the scenes, who know what's going on because this stuff doesn't happen without people witnessing it. So it's an interesting week. Look in your Virgo chart. Look for the Virgo house in your chart to see where you're going to have a reveal happen and watch for when it comes to light and go, wow. So with the sun opposite Neptune, it's kind of an aha moment about something that your ego had maybe been a little confused about before. And with the Mercury, uh, Mars opposite it, it's kind of a, oh, I should take action on that. Or I understand the actions that I took led me to this. So I have a lot of people in my client base who are getting diagnoses this week. Mars opposite Neptune, right? They're going to find out what's going on, what the or they're due to find out. We'll see with the Mars opposite. But watch for reveals. This is the week where things show up, and it, because these reveals are happening in the function in the in the concept of a mystic rectangle, they're going to be. You know, when I look at mystic rectangles of a, a PowerPoint on my website. You can buy for more information that I presented at UAC a couple of years ago. But the premise of Mystic Rectangles, it's God's whisper in our ear. He kind of calls us and he invites us to do stuff. So when there's one in the sky, we all get a calling. If the one in the sky ties into your chart, it's a really big message. <laughs> you know, If it's just kind of in the sky, you're going to watch fated events happen around you. So it's a pretty juicy week. Um, and not not mean juicy, but just juicy. And, of course, the Virgo planets want to be heard and seen, and they've been laboring and they've been working, and they're trying to bring what they know to harvest for you to see it. The other thing that happens is the sun opposes Neptune. That's the mystic rectangle, but it also forms a T-square with Jupiter and Sag up there at uh, 15 degrees of Sagittarius, so, there's this big T square, even though the mystic rectangles there, the Sun, the Virgo, the Virgo planets, the Pisces planets, and Jupiter form a T square, which is an action oriented uh, aspect where we want to take action and it shoots over to the Gemini house, which is like, what's the truth? What's the story? How do we see it? So, it's an interesting energy. A lot of planets at 15, a lot of planets at 20, 22. So if you have planets in those areas of your chart, between 15 and 22, your chart's going to be particularly active this week. And just know the Mystic Rectangle's inviting you, calling you, whispering in your ear, saying, hey, how about we go do this? So take the invitation, if it looks fun. Say yes. Say, okay, I'm having a fated event that's inviting me to move forward towards my destiny. It's kind of cool. Right? And mystic rectangles, for those of you who, are, who wonder, are composed of two trines, two sextiles, and two oppositions. So they're action-oriented, but they're action-oriented with ease and invite you to create. And then, of course, there's a big old grand trine in Earth up there, which is all about manifesting, in addition to the T-square mutable, which is time to change your direction, time to change how you're doing things. And with the, um, the, there's actually two grand trines on Earth up there, uh, which are a light, how do we build stuff? So it's a, it's a busy, productive heaven, and so encouraging you to uh, take action um, this week. So let's look at the moons. Um, today the moon's in Capricorn, and it's occulted by, it occults Saturn and Pluto when right across the moon. They're at the same de- level of declination. So Capricorn Moon kind of invites us to ground things and to put things in perspective and kind of understand what we're doing. It goes void tonight around 4.30 in the morning or early Monday morning, and it's void all day tomorrow, Monday the 9th. And it goes into Aquarius at 5.24 p.m. So Monday the 9th is a void moon day. The closing aspect is a um, is moon trine Venus, so it's a nice closing aspect but the stuff that kind of starts today will have a little bit of a problem. So we have a number of TV shows that are starting on Monday. Uh, you know. And even though I like the people that are hosting them, I'm kind of like, you know, you're starting on a void moon. Might not be a good, might not be, you know, it looks nice, but it might not be a good outcome. Might not be the outcome you want. So then the moon goes into Aquarius on the 9th, uh, and it goes in at 524. It's in Aquarius on Monday night, all day Tuesday, and then it goes void at 1.22 in the morning on Wednesday with a nice sextile to Jupiter. So sextiles to Jupiter are very productive, and it's an air moon with a fire sextile, so that's helpful. The moon, again, is void all day Wednesday, the 11th. Big Lots of void moons because there's a lot of planets in early degrees. That's part of why this happens. So void moon all day Monday, void moon all day Wednesday, good aspects in it, so you can get a lot done, But it's got an energy of, you know, nothing really comes of it. The 13th, or the 12th, rather, at 5.52 a.m. Thursday morning, the moon goes into Pisces, and it's in Pisces Thursday, Friday, and it goes void at 12.33 a.m. on Saturday morning with a full moon in uh, Virgo Pisces. And then it's in Virgo Pisces, and it's void all day Saturday the 14th. So void moon, Pisces, all day Saturday the 14th. And it goes into Aries at 6.32 p.m. Saturday night. And it's in Aries Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, going void at 12.02 p.m. Moon in Aries, squares, Pluto, and Capricorn. So it's a nice productive week except for all these darn void moons. Void moon Monday, void moon Wednesday, void moon Saturday, Saturday is a particularly busy day, as is Friday. A lot of aspects those days. So those are your busy days. And, of course, on Saturday we have the full moon, when the sun and the moon go void. And the void moon on um, the the full moon that we have on the 14th is a harvest moon. And it's in Pisces, at 2105 Pisces, which takes us back to when the new moon happened in 18, uh, 2018 in February of, um, uh, February, March, end of February, beginning of March, it would have been around March 14th of 2018. And then the opening square that we had uh, nine months later, um, and that would have been in um, Sagittarius, and then the, uh, is that right? Is that right? And now we have the full moon uh, again, it, nine months after that. So, Sagittarius. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Sagittarius. And now we have the full moon, uh, and then we will have a closing square in Gemini time next uh, May. I should have written that down. Sorry about that. I think I remember things, and then I realize I don't. I don't remember. On Friday, on Saturday, also the Mercury goes into Libra and Venus goes into Libra, uh, so those two guys shift signs. And enter Libra, and they travel together pretty much most of the month of September. uh, With Mercury leaving Libra a little bit before Venus does, but Mercury and Venus are kind of hanging out. They're being buddies, they're pals, they're they're having a good time. And Mercury shifts out of Libra on the third of of October, and Venus shifts out of Libra on the eighth of October. So the two of them are kind of buddies right now you think about venus and it's her it's her pal right so they're kind of hanging out and they're changing signs from virgo where they've been working really hard to help you understand and see things and get stuff done and then when they shift into libra they kind of start with a new partnership energy or a new relationship energy so that's kind of a big change and then as i mentioned earlier the sun and neptune are opposite each other and that happens on the 10th it's tuesday so you see something on tuesday and then we have Mars opposite Neptune on the 14th and we have an aha moment so it's kind of a big week the weekend um you know Friday Saturday night Sunday moons in aries with that square to pluto so it's a little harder it's a little bit of a shift energy and of course aries wants to go and it's in a it's in a closing square to um I'm sorry, it's an opening square to Capricorn Pluto So it's an action-oriented energy So kind of watch But the the early part of the week is nice We get towards the weekend We do have those void moons though So those are moons where you're supposed to kind of Kick back and do planning And do thinking about things And kind of spiritually float And connect with your soul Because the moon's not working And you shouldn't be either So this week, the Sun runs from 15 Virgo to 22 Virgo, and he has a nice aspect to the nodes of fate on the 8th, and he has a square to Jupiter on the 8th, where he says, okay, let's see stuff, and he makes important connections uh, on the 8th as he aspects the nodes, and then the Sun goes opposite Neptune, as we mentioned before, on the 10th. Now, this is an annual thing, but because Neptune's part of the mystic rectangle and the Sun is too, this is an important aha moment. We also have the sun in a biquintile to Eris, which kind of kicks us up into, I'm not sure I really want to do that. I understand you want me to do that, but I'm not sure I really want to. And then at the end of the week, we have a health aspect on the 12th with the sun in a hard aspect to Chiron. It kind of starts on the 10th, and then on the 12th, you really feel it. And the sun is also trying Pluto, on the 13th, which kind of pushes us into a new way of seeing things or a new way of working with triangles or it works for team to get us oriented. And then the sun is sesquiquadrate Uranus on the 14th, which is a little bit of stress around how we're going to do stuff. Mercury runs from the 19th, 19 Virgo, into five, four and a half Libra. Again, shifting into Libra, on september 14th at 3:14 in the morning so mercury uh, the messenger of the gods is traveling in the last degrees of virgo his favorite sign from 19 to 28 he's moving really fast and then he's in the early degrees of libra the first five degrees so he's zipping along and so the planets in your chart with that mercury is going to touch he's going to wake up now remember he's the first of the messengers So he's zipping along, and he's going to bring the announcement, hey, we're going to do this, and then behind him comes Venus, and then behind Venus comes the sun, and then behind the sun comes the Mars. So we're having kind of a little parade of planets (laughs) inviting you to move forward. Mercury, of course, has the trine to Pluto uh, before the sun does, and that's going to be on September 8th. And he has a quadrate with Uranus. Now, what's going to happen is as Mercury goes through, then Venus goes through, then the sun goes through, and then Mars goes through, they're going to stimulate the same points over and over, over the next two weeks. So you're going to have kind of like, oh, there's that. I got the news. Now, okay, now I have to figure out what, what the value is to me. Oh, okay, now that I figured out the value, now I have to figure out how my ego wants to understand this or work with this. Oh, okay, now that my ego's in, now I have to take action. So don't fire early. Gather the information. Take it in and kind of go, oh, that's interesting. And and what else? Oh, that's interesting. And what else? Kind of do it that way. It's a little easier than just kind of feeling that you have to take action. And the other part with Virgos is often they have anticipatory anxiety. And so you want to kind of say to the Virgo planets, you know, you don't have to do anything just this second. Get the information and figure out what you want to do and then make the decision to do it. So with Mercury having the trine to Pluto, which is the offer of partnership or relationship, and the sesquicuadra to Uranus, there's some kind of uh, kerfluffle or something that doesn't quite work the way you think it should. And then Mercury has a little bit of an argument on the 10th with the in conjunct to Eris. And then it has an aspect uh, to Vesta, which is kind of like cleaning up the home and hearth on the 12th. And then Mercury and Venus meet up on the 13th and have their conjunction to start their new play dates. And they have a good time. And then Mercury whips into Libra on the 14th at 3 in the morning. And then he has a little bit of a health aspect on the 15th with his in conjunction to Neptune. That's also kind of a drunk driver aspect. So you want to kind of watch the drinking and driving on the 15th. And then he has an argument, a little spat, not a big spat with Venus, because they're both kind of like, oh, you know. I thought we were going to do this. No, I don't really want to. Oh, well, all right, I, I'm going to go alone. Oh, all right, if you're going to go alone, maybe I'll come. You know, like one of those kind of arguments. Not an argument, like a, really? Yeah, okay. All right. You know, one of those, that kind of thing. Not a, Not a fight. Venus... Uh, is at 24 Virgo and she goes into Libra of course on the 14th at 9.42 in the morning and then she gets as high as 2 Libra Okay, so she's a little slower than Mercury but they are traveling together because they meet up this week on the 13th and they have their conjunction so Venus and Virgo She's a little ahead of Mercury. He was at 19, so she's at the part where he was at 24 or whatever. So she goes through those first, and then Mercury comes along, and he goes through them. And then they swap places, and then Mercury goes through them, and then Venus goes through them. You know, if that was confusing or not. But anyway, Venus trines Vesta, getting us cleaned up and home and hearth. She has a little bit of irritation on the 9th because she has a hard aspect to Eris. She has a really good, important connection on the 12th and connecting and figuring out stuff. She has uh, goes into Libra, as I mentioned, and then she has a biquintile to Uranus, which makes her creative, and that happens on the 14th. And Mercury has his biquintile on the 14th. So there's kind of a creative energy on the 14th around how to proceed and where to go. Mars, this week, moving slowly, because uh, he does, he's not the speedy guy, he's, you know, he goes a degree, he goes, takes about two months to go through a sign, so if you think of 30 divided by two months, he basically spends 15 degrees a month, which is about two degree a degree every two days or so. So Mar- Mars goes from 13 Virgo through 20 Virgo, 18 Virgo, 19 Virgo, um, and so he has an aspect with the nodes of fate on the 11th of September. Mars aspects the nodes of fate uh, the same way that the sun does on the 8th. And he is making important connections. Now, the 11th, of course, is 9-11. It's also my birthday, and I'm going to turn uh, turn into a senior citizen. I'm going to be 65 on, on the September 11th. Um, and I just registered for Medicare this week. It was very exciting. And next week... I get my senior citizen bus pass. So I'm like really embracing the senior citizen thing. And Mars is square to Jupiter, right? Which we had the Sun square and we had Venus square and we had Mercury square. Now Mars squares her, Mars squares Jupiter and sets off that T square that he's in on September 12th and then on the 14th. So remember we had talked before about the Virgo planets opposite Neptune squaring Jupiter which is forms a T-square, so Mars squares Jupiter on the 12th, and then he's opposite Neptune on the 14th, and he has his big reveal. And then we're kind of quiet with reveals for a little while until Juno catches up. She moves slow. She takes about four years to go around the zodiac, so she spends about uh, four months in the sign, so she's not a very fast girl. Um, and then Mars is in a biquintile to Eris, so he's kind of a little snippy on the uh, 15th and um, and then he partners on the sixteenth, so he's in a nice space. Jupiter this week on the tenth, Jupiter doesn't have any aspects, but on the tenth it has a an adjusting aspect to the nodes of fate um and it's a it's an inconjunct and a semi sextile so think about it fifteen the nodes are fifteen. Jupiter says we want to expand stuff, we want to grow things, we want to make it bigger and better and brighter and shinier. And the nodes of fate go, "I kind of like my old way. I kind of like what I was doing, so we you know I have this group that meets at my house once a month, and they were here today, and one of the things I was talking about was, you know i'm you know this doctor had said I needed to lose some weight to help with a bunch of things and basically to give up carbohydrates. Now you remember how much trouble I had given up gluten a few years back. I'm like, give up carbohydrates? he's like, well, your lipids are good, meats and vegetables. And I'm like, yeah, You know, and I eat vegetables. And I I must say I feel satisfied. But I don't feel that I want a carbohydrate. I don't have that part satisfied. So I've been trying to do that this week, you know, less, no carbohydrates. And my body goes, I want a carbohydrate. I'm kind of like, I think there's an alien in there howling for the carbohydrates so with Mars (laughs) aspecting Juno uh it's an energy around how you partner and with Jupiter aspecting the nodes of fate it says to you for the greater good Jupiter and Sag to expand your life Jupiter and Sag and let go of the old habits south node and uh south node and Capricorn and go towards north node and cancer that which nurtures you better course those are the finger of god too or not the finger of god the mystic rectangle so there's a lot of energy here kind of pushing then on september 11th saturn has an aspect to the nodes of fate now remember the nodes of fate are part of that mystic rectangle so we have the sun aspecting them mars aspecting them we have saturn aspecting we have jupiter aspecting them so this is a lot of decisions around your fate and your future and how you're going. So I have Saturn aspecting them by declination on the 11th, my birthday. Yeah, so maybe my birthday present to myself will be no more carbohydrates. The other thing that happens this week is Neptune, who's going retrograde, is opposite Pallas Athena, also on the 11th, which gives us an uh aha, I see it now moment, right? So there's an uh aha, I see it clearly, Um, Uranus, I'm sorry, aspects Athena, aha, uh-huh, I see it clearly, what I didn't see before. And we have to honor Uranus as the the awakener. So he kind of wakes stuff up. And then on the 11th, also, Venus is contraparallel Juno. So the chart is kind of saying, you know, think about who you really want to partner with. Do you really want to partner with them? What's in it for you? What's in it for them? And if you can answer that question, well, I know what's in it for them, I'm not sure what's in it for me, then maybe you shouldn't do it. or if you go, you know, I see what's in it for both of us, and i'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I think that looks good to me. I think I'm gonna try it then then that's the energy, and just kind of honoring that that's it and this is a little shout out to Amy uh Vesta is at eleven degrees eleven minutes this week, parallel to Athena at eleven degrees eleven minutes. Also on the 11th of September, inviting us to 11:11, right. Uh, Vesta works productively with our vision and our creative ideas and where we're going. We also have Juno, squared because Amy always notices 11:11. so that's why it was a shout out to Amy. Um, Juno also is square to Ceres, which asks us to have a bigger vision of what our creative partnership is. And Ceres is Cequi Aries, the goddess of discord getting ready to form uh, a hard aspect with her around the direction that we choose to go in that you know how we're going to what are we going to nurture to grow because remember that old saying that whatever however whatever you feed grows you know if you feed the wolf the wolf grows if you feed the hope the hope grows the north node in this mystic rectangle is this mystic rectangle is in cancer whatever you feed grows. Encourage things to grow. In my case, I'm not going to be feeding myself carbohydrates, so I'll be shrinking, which, which is good. But encourage yourself to grow in a healthy way. And, and the mystic rectangle, very big. Very big this week. Big, important choices. Make them wisely. Make them with love. Make them with honor. Make them with your vision of how you want to get there. And on that note, the show is over. I'm going to hang up and go clean some dishes Take care and have a great week. Bye. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.